Hi, this is Ben Zorns with Ellerslie Mission Society. This is part two of a three-part message given by Pastor Eric Ludy at the church at Ellerslie in lovely Windsor, Colorado. It is our hope and prayer that this message would convict, inspire, and invigorate your pursuit of the Lord Jesus Christ. We also want you to know that should you ever have any questions or comments regarding any of the ministries here at Ellerslie, we are always happy to provide answers and receive feedback. Simply contact us at info at ellerslie.com or give us a call at 970-686-9022. We really would love to hear from you. Enjoy the message and may your faith and love in Jesus grow larger as you listen. Now here's Pastor Eric Ludy. Session two, Moses, what do you see? For those of you that remember canon, uh, this, there's going to be certain overlaps here, which I think you'll find uh, really neat. But we're going to call this one the vision of the Christ. First Peter, of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully. Now remember, the salvation in reference here in Peter is the salvation brought about on the cross by the atoning, redemptive work of Jesus Christ. So what it is saying is, of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully. They were looking at something. They were searching it out. Okay, remember those 24 seats around the throne? The prophets were inquiring and searching carefully. What do you see? What am I looking at? What exactly is that? Who prophesied of the grace that would come to you. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which means the Messiah, if you were to go into the Hebrew... That would be the word or the concept of the Messiah, in which the Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. So all of these 24 seats, in a sense, are set up, and they witnessed something, and they told us. They told John, look, there is one who can open the seals. They served us. Even angels longed to look into these things. These 24 inquired, but they didn't have the same seat that we have. They were around the throne. Get the position of the new covenant. In the throne. In the midst of the throne. We are in Christ We are in the very lamb that was slain. It is so astounding as to lack any ability to describe. The 24 have seen, they bear witness, and now they wait. For century after century, they wait, longing to see what they have witnessed beforehand made manifest, longing to see the seals of the book unlocked, the gates opened, that they, along with all the others who have believed the words of this prophecy, may enter into the city whose foundation is God. So listen to this. Remember how the name of this this session is Moses, what do you see? This question is actually used often throughout the Old Testament. God asks it. Moreover, the word of the Lord, the word of Yahweh, came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? Now, if you remember canon, you remember the answer. And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. And in that message, I go on to teach that the rod of the almond tree is, in fact, Jesus. What is Jeremiah seeing? He's seen Jesus, but he doesn't see him clearly. He sees him as a rod of an almond tree. It's like looking at manna and someone saying, that's Jesus. Going, what? It just doesn't look like Jesus. You see, he's seen blurry. He's seen something and he's accurate in his sight, but he's longing to look in and understand this. The rod of an almond tree. 
And the Lord said unto, Amos, and said unto me, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, a plumb line. Then said the Lord, behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. Uh, without going into a message, would you allow me to just go straight to the punchline and say, that's Jesus? What has Amos seen? He's seen Jesus. Isn't that an amazing thought that Amos saw Jesus? Then, and said unto me, Zechariah, what seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick of all gold with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps, which are upon the top thereof. So here's the question of this session. Moses, what seest thou? Moses, what do you see? You see, Moses is symbolic of the entirety of the Old Covenant. He's the foundation of it. He's the writer of the first five books, and everything was measured next to Moses. So Moses, oh, Old Covenant, what do you see? Old Testament, what do you see? What does Moses see? Listen to what Deuteronomy says. This is God speaking. Uh, Originally, it's Moses speaking, and then God speaks. It's the same thing. You'll notice that it's a different, it's 18 through 19 at the end. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst. What's he seeing? He's saying there will be a prophet in our midst that will be raised up. From your brethren, him you shall hear. You listen to him. He has the authority. I will raise up for them a prophet, this is God speaking, like you from among their brethren, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him, and it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. There is a prophet likened unto Moses. For those of you that study scripture, you know who that is. That is Jesus. What did Moses see? He saw it. He saw it. He sat about the throne, didn't fully understand it, but he knew. He knew there would be a prophet likened unto him. The 24 witnesses all see, but not clearly. They see a rod of an almond tree, a plumb line, a basket of summer fruit, a candlestick of all gold, a flying roll. These are all the things that they see. It's it's really bizarre. When God says, what do you see? A heavenly temple, a suffering intercessor, a man of pierced hands and feet, a betrayed king, a shepherd struck whose sheep scatter, a paschal lamb sacrificed but without a single bone broken, a virgin-born a virgin-born seed of a woman, a Bethlehemite who is also a Galilean, a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Moses, Old Covenant, what do you see? Ah, uh, we're seeing something, but we can't quite make it out. What is this? Manna from heaven, water from a rock, a prophet likened unto Moses, a naked man whose garments are given to the winner of cast lots, the Son of God, one whose goings forth are from everlasting. God with us, one who is not beautiful to the untrained eye of humanity, one who will remove the iniquity of the land in one day. What do you see, Old Covenant? What do you see, Moses? Ah, I can't make it out, but the best way of describing it is it's a lamb slain in the midst of the throne. That's the best way of saying it. The healing of the blind man. Now let's go to the New Testament. Jesus is about his ministry. And we have this story in Mark. Then he, Jesus, came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him. And begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Well, that's an improvement. You see, he was a blind man and he couldn't see at all. Who touched him? Jesus. Who brought the first healing? Jesus. But it was incomplete. You see, Jesus is setting up, and there was a need. Uh, Jesus, I see men, but I see them as trees walking. 
I see a prophet like an anemosis. I see a rod of an almond tree. I see a pot of manna. I see a heavenly temple. What am I looking at? I see men as trees walking. I do not see fully clear. What do they need? They need another touch. I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Sight in two touches. Now, Jesus healed many different blind men, and he healed them all sorts of different ways. However, do not miss what is taking place here. A blind man is touched twice. The first time he sees, but not clearly. The Old Testament sees, but not clearly. Are they accurate in their sight? Yes, but they can't make it out and define what they're seeing. They need something. They need a second touch from who? The one who gave the first touch. The first touch of Jesus demands yet another touch from the healer. The second touch of Jesus gives full and complete sight. There there aren't two different healers, but one. Jesus is not just in the new covenant. He's in the old covenant. The entirety of the Bible is about him. He is the healer. He is the light unto the Gentiles. He is the bright and morning star. He is the revelation of the unseen God. Jesus is the one that gave the partial sight to the blind, and Jesus is the one that gives the full sight to the blind. Still both Jesus. There aren't two different Bibles, but one. We call it the Bible. We don't call it two different Bibles. One is by Yahweh, and the other one is by Jesus. It is called the Word of God. The Word of God is, in fact, Jesus Christ. The entire Bible is done by Him. He is, in fact, the Word of God in text, and the word of God in person. Jesus is the main theme of the Old Testament. Well, that's an interesting statement. And Jesus is the main theme of the New Testament. The way I've always described it is there's a high hill. It's known as Calvary. And everything in the Old Testament points to it and leads up to it. And if you follow the trail that it sets, it leads you to Jesus and him crucified. And then everything that flows out of that hill, the streams that break forth and come forth out of that great fountain that was opened up on Calvary's day, All of that flows from a singular point known as Jesus and him crucified. So everything that is written, everything that is taken into all the world to preach the gospel and to disciple is all about that high hill. It's about that man and what that man did. What that man revealed was the Father. But it was Jesus Christ that did it, and that's why we celebrate that great work. He has revealed to us the Father in and through his life. So Moses, what do you see? I see men as trees walking. That would be a great enunciation of the entire Old Testament. What did the writers of the Old Testament see? They saw men as trees walking. Did they see? Yes. They had more light than all the Philistines and all the Moabites and all the Amalekites around them. They saw. They had illumination. They had a revelation of the Father. But they didn't understand it fully. You see, the gate was still locked to them. It was only faith in the one who would come that saved them. They had nothing in and of themselves to open that gate. There is a second. That's an understatement. That's like one of the key concepts in all of Scripture. There is a second. There's a second touch. How are you seeing? I see men as trees walking. You need a second touch. There's a second man known as Jesus. A second covenant known as the new covenant in his blood. There's a second book known as the book of life. If all you have is the first book, you are judged according to it. But the second book is a living book. It's called the living word. It's the life of Jesus. He, in fact, is the word. And when we find ourselves written in the book of life, how do you get written in the book of life? You get into the book of life by faith. 
That's the only access to it. Without that book of life, without the second book, we're all judged according to the first book, and the first book can only bring condemnation. The first book's whole point is to lead us to the second book. Believe that there is a second book. Believe that there is a second man. Believe that there is a second covenant that can save a second touch. However you want to describe it, there is a need of a second. The first is not worthy to loose the second's sandal strap. I don't want to diminish Moses, an amazing man. The old covenant is an amazing book, and I love it. It's the word of God. However, the new covenant is declaring something that is even beyond what the old covenant could only look into. The old covenant lends the credibility to the new covenant, and the new covenant shows the efficacy and truthfulness of the old. When Joshua went into the land of promise, he went on Moses' authority. Who's Joshua? Yeshua, Jesus. The authority of the first establishes the second. Jesus perfectly fulfilled all that was written in the first. And yet, did you know that when Moses died, nothing had been accomplished? All the promises that he'd given of how they need to live on the other side, that all these nations will be conquered, nothing had happened yet. It happened under Joshua's or Jesus' reign. Jesus is the one that walks into the fullness of the kingdom. And what did he do? He proved all of the words of Moses true. Without Without Joshua, the book of Moses has no validity. But with Joshua, he establishes it as, in fact, truth. And so Moses serves Joshua. Joshua serves Moses. One mightier than I is coming whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. Who's talking? The first. It's the messenger that comes before the messenger of Yahweh. After After Moses, Joshua. After Elijah, Elisha. You see, Joshua did something greater than Moses. Elisha got a double portion, had exactly double the miracles of Elijah in Scripture. After John the Baptist, Jesus After the Old Covenant, the New Covenant. After the blurry, men as trees walking, the clear. Now, as we go through this, I want you to recognize that there is a a begging of something that follows. We can call it the second, the principle of continuity. Moses and Elijah. Can you think of any scripture in the New Testament or any story in the New Testament that links Moses and Elijah together? And what comes after them? Joshua, Elisha, the one who does the greater work. The one whose sandals we are unworthy to unlatch, as John the Baptist would say. The one following me is before me. It's a strange statement. The testimony of the law and the prophets. Moses and Elijah appear in the New Testament. I know this is about as strange of a story as you could ever hear, but they appear. It's called the Mount of Transfiguration. There are three witnesses, Peter, James, and John, and what do they see? What? What am I looking at? I, I don't know if Moses looked over and they go, yeah, I'm Moses. How do they know that that was Moses? Did they have drawings, you know, in the temple? It's like, oh, that's Moses. They somehow knew that that was Moses and Elijah and Jesus transfigured, glowing white. And God surrounds them all with a cloud and booms. There is a three-part witness that is given. Moses and Elijah, the first, testifying of that which is after them. This is the one we witnessed. This is he. And you know what booms out of the cloud? This is my beloved son. Hear him. Remember what God said to Moses? The prophet likened unto me, you will hear him. 
Hear him. This is what the 24 say. Hear him. He's the one we were written to show. He's the one we were revealing. He is the one we've seen. We saw men as trees walking, but once he came, we can see now. He's it. Behold, could you imagine John the Baptist growing up with Jesus and then one day, I don't know if he knew it until that day even. Could you imagine Jesus comes along and then suddenly he's like, he has an epiphany. He's like, it's him. That's actually what most people would even call the epiphany is John the Baptist seeing Jesus on that day and declaring, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's him. It's my cousin, The second touch of Jesus. What do we see when Jesus touches us with the new covenant? He's been there all along, but the blurry-eyed believer needs a second touch for full sight. For had you believed Moses, says Jesus, had you believed what Moses saw, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. Uh, Jesus, I, I mean, that's a pretty big statement there. And he made it. He wrote of me. Moses wrote of Jesus. So when I say, what is the Old Testament about? It's about Jesus. Who is Moses writing about? Jesus. Jesus, the only key that unlocks the book. Revelation 5, and, beheld, and I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood and out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Jesus, the healer of the blind. And the angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south unto the way that goes down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert, and he arose and went. This is in the New Testament. So Philip is being sent out by the Spirit of God into the wilderness which is desert, and he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem for to worship. We're dealing with an Ethiopian Jewish man who believes in Yahweh, serves Yahweh, worships Yahweh in Jerusalem. And so he had come to Jerusalem for to worship and was returning. And he was sitting in his chariot, and what was he reading? He was reading Isaiah the prophet, then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? Moses, what do you see? Ethiopian Jew sitting in the chariot in the wilderness. What do you see? I only see with Moses' eyes. There's a veil that still hangs over my gaze. I cannot understand this. Do you understand, says Philip, what you are reading? What does Philip have? He has a second touch. He's been touched by Jesus as a result. He understands that passage that even a Jew cannot. He has the key that the Jew does not have. And so he comes to the wilderness. Where are you if you don't see Jesus? You're still in Moses. You're still in the wilderness. You have never entered the land flown with milk and honey. You have never entered under the rulership of Yeshua, Joshua. So he comes to him in the wilderness. And it says, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I except some man should guide me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. It's the equivalent of saying, I can't open this book. The seals are too strong. Is there a man who can open them? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. 
And the place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. So let's imagine we have 24 seats. Let's sit down in the seat of Isaiah. And so could you imagine the Jew sits down in the seat of Isaiah and he looks. He says, what am I looking at? Do you see it? It's a lamb slain. Who, who, who is that? The place of the scripture which was read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shearers, so he opened not his mouth. And in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaks the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? He doesn't understand it. What does he need? He needs an epiphany. He needs to understand the theophany. That lamb is no mere man. It is God. And he needs to understand the Christophany. He's come. He has done it. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. What was the answer that Philip gave? It wasn't some doctrinal treatise. It was a simple statement. Jesus is the key that unlocks what you are reading. Jesus on the road to Emmaus. Jesus is risen from the dead. Listen to what he says. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Who opens their understanding that they might see the scriptures? Jesus. Without Jesus, you cannot understand the scriptures. If you take Jesus out of the Old Testament, you will not understand the Old Testament. You can get moral and ethical value out of it. You can get great narrative and story, but you will miss its doctrinal import and its life-changing substance. It is meant to show you the cross. It is meant to show you your Redeemer. It is meant to build an intimate acquaintance with the one who has come and given his life for you. That's what the Old Testament shows us. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he, Jesus, expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. The witness of the 24. Search the scriptures, says Jesus, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. Jesus is saying the whole Old Testament speaks of him. That's what he's saying. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. The Bible is a revelation of the invisible God. It is known as the word of God. In text, it's called scripture. In human body, it's called Jesus. Jesus is the full annunciation, fulfillment of everything that was written in text. This that we know as the Bible is what we could call a Christophany. It is a revelation to us of that which otherwise is invisible. We have seen it. You didn't have the privilege of walking in the, in the, the dusty roads of Judea and witnessing the teachings of Jesus personally. You didn't get the privilege of witnessing the cross, the burial, the death, the burial, and the resurrection personally. And yet, the Holy Spirit is here to take of that great mystery and bring it to you so that you can see it. So that you can see. It's not just a man. It's God. It's a theophany. But that theophany is not just the invisible God. It is the invisible God made visible in and through the Son known as the Word of God. That angel, that messenger of Yahweh. I know him. I know you. The one that Jacob grabs a hold of. The one that fills the bush and animates and shows a visible fire. 
The one who appeared to him at Bethel. The one who passed by Moses when he was hidden in the cleft of the rock. Moses saw a visible God. Who is that? You know who it is. It is the one who has made the invisible visible. You know him as Jesus. Yahweh saves. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to do what? What was the old covenant given for? To bring us unto Christ. That's what it's for. Thank you so much for listening to part two of this three-part message by Pastor Eric Ludy, pastor at the Church of Ellerslie in Windsor, Colorado. Please feel free to make copies of this message, but do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without express written permission. If you have any questions, comments, or just need more information about Ellerslie, please visit our website at www.ellerslie.com. Again, that website is www.ellerslie.com. For Ellerslie Mission Society, this is Ben Zorns cheering you on as Christ cultivates his set-apart life within you.